1: Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. It's been another week of staying home and social distancing and coping with uh, the stress and anxiety that comes with sort of this unprecedented time we're experiencing right now. And I want to talk a little bit about some of that anxiety today. I know there must be a lot of people out there who are feeling anxious in one way or another, Um, and. A lot of times I just talk on this show about things I struggle with, (laughs) things I have anxiety over, and I bring in mental health professionals to, you know, tell me that this is a thing that I deal with. Uh, And so I'm joined today by, by Kristen Hodson. She is the founder of The Healing Group. It's a therapy center in Midvale. Kristen, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I always love being on with you. So let's dive in here, Kristen, with lately I've been sort of feeling this uh, anticipation anxiety. So it's sort of like this fear of getting the coronavirus and it's sort of made me like I I know we're all supposed to stay home, you know, as it is, but I haven't really I I like don't want to leave my house (laughs) and I I get kind of anxious like I have a doctor's appointment for my 16 month old next Monday and I I can already feel myself getting sort of agitated and worried about going to the doctor's office to have to like pay attention to every single thing I touch and everything my baby touches and what if there's a germ you know I kind of just get hypersensitive now and i'm feeling like that's sort of a thing and i don't want to live this way for the rest of my life and i know that eventually things will settle down in this current climate but it still feels like for a while we're all going to have to think this way am i dealing with a thing here and is this something you're seeing
2: it's a it's a thing and i and i want you to even give yourself a bit of self-compassion because it's not something you're necessarily even consciously doing. It is your body is doing what it's supposed to do, which is to detect danger and detect things that could harm you. That's how our bodies are wired. So if we take Utah in particular, the, I call it the Corona avalanche starts and we're about a week and a half into the avalanche and then we get an earthquake and then we're getting, um, continual closures and we're reading the news and we're continuing to get this avalanche that it's really hard to not be on heightened alert and like what's going to happen next when's the next shoe going to drop what and so we're we're constantly scanning our environment to see where we are unsafe so it's a thing okay it's totally normal because we're not in a position of stable terrain right now there there isn't anything that's predictable. We just had the state announce that we're still gonna remain in this situation at least till May first. Wow, that's a marker. That's not stability. Right. That's not into a rebuilding phase. That's a no, we're still in this.
1: Yeah, and it's not like May first we all just get to leave our houses and it's back to life as normal, right? There's going to be such a shift and I mean, nobody knows what it looks like going forward. But I guess from my own just personal perspective, I that makes me feel anxious that I'm always going to have to look at what I touch and pay attention to what my kids touch. And I almost take it to an unhealthy level where, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm a little bit OCD about things and it's exhausting.
2: Yeah. Anticipation anxiety is really where our minds get the best of us it's where we start creating every single possible what-if scenario. Whether that what-if scenario is conscious or unconscious, it's constantly like when you talk about going to the doctor's office and all of these things, your mind might even be moving ahead to and then what if we do touch something and then what then and what and it goes on and on and it, and it is exhausting. I always think about our phones and how you have all of these apps running in the background draining our battery when you have this anticipation anxiety, it is like having all of those apps running in the background, draining your energy mentally, physically, emotionally, and we have to really be diligent in catching ourselves and getting caught up in these what-if scenarios, uh, because oftentimes the anticipatory anxiety is worse than the actual events we are confronting, that oftentimes what we do end up experiencing is nothing like what we anticipate or think or imagine.
1: Right? Isn't that crazy that we do that? And it's hard to know when we're doing that. You know, like our, I, like you said, our brains are wired to protect us and they're wired to uh, keep us safe and keep us alive. But yeah, it is exhausting. I like that analogy that, you know, there's just apps running at all times in in my brain, because that kind of makes me feel like, okay, well, that's normal for me to be feeling this way. But I guess my next question would be, how do we get relief from some of this? What do we do? It's
2: starting to identify like, okay, what in these kind of scenarios, what can we control? And what can't we control? Things we know we can control. We know we can wash our hands. We can be diligent with that. We know we can wear a face mask. We know that we can social distance and keep six feet apart. We know that we can wear gloves and or be really mindful about what we're touching. That Those are the things that we can control right now. We can control very few things. And beyond that, there is an inherent like having to not indulge all the what-ifs and catching ourselves and saying, yeah, that, I'm catching my mind looping. I'm catching my mind going to this place and I'm just not. Yeah. And some people, some of the strategies are noticing and acknowledging that it can be getting grounded again. It can be doing a meditation. It can be doing deep breathing. It can be calling a friend and helping them ground you. Sometimes we can't do it all ourselves to get ourselves grounded. We need a person. We need connection. We need someone to remind us of what we already know. So you might know that excessive worry doesn't help you. But it's really helpful when a friend reminds you of that, and you're like, right, okay, right,
1: okay, okay, yes, that makes sense. That is that is such great advice. Okay, we're talking with Kristen Hodson. She is the founder of the Healing Group. It's a therapy center in Midvale. Kristen, you guys are doing something amazing with healthcare workers and offering them th- free therapy services. Tell me about this.
2: Yeah, so we just became very aware of how the frontline providers in hospitals and healthcare situations. We're really having to run it all cylinders that they are really seeing what is going on and that their anxiety or their mental reserves might be drained so we wanted to offer emotional support um, sessions that they could call in get support and have some relief um, while they're 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 navigating new and uncertain terms that we can't even imagine so that's what we're offering
1: that's so amazing. Okay, so if somebody knows a healthcare worker or they are a healthcare worker, how do they reach you? How do they find you? How do they take advantage of this? Because you're doing this all for free, right?
2: We are. Yeah, they can find out all the information at thehealinggroup.com. Um, we've, you'll see everything on our website right there. So all you have to do is go. And um, we've also really streamlined that one of the barriers for people reaching out can be like, oh, filling out all the intake paperwork. And we we're... Bypassing that we need some basic information to be able to offer them emotional support in a way that doesn't add more stress to what the what's already going on.
1: Oh, I love it. So amazing. Okay, Kristen Hodson with the Healing Group. That's thehealinggroup.com. We'll take a break more on my anxiety and Kristen help me, me feel better when we come back on the mom show.
0: You joined the mom show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back into the mom show today. Thank you for joining us. You know, so many of us are worried right now. We are worrying about the state of things, worrying about, you know, keeping ourselves safe. We're worried about a lot of things right now, and I totally feel this worry, and I totally understand people's worry, but I want to talk today about worry in general, where it comes from, when it's useful, and when it's excessive. And if you're living in a state of worry right now, hopefully this will help you kind of get out of that a little bit. So I have brought in Kristen Hodson. She is the uh, founder of a therapy center in Midvale called The Healing Group. Kristen, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Okay, talk to me about worry. Worry is an emotion, right? So we feel worry, right? Yeah, we feel worry. It is an emotion, but it tends to be
2: what I see as worry is it tends to be a bit more specific. Like we worry about things. Like I'm worried about if I'm going to lose my job. I'm worried about my friends losing my, their job. I'm worried about my kids touching germs and bringing it home. I'm like, those are worries. So it is a feeling, but it often tends to be about specific things.
1: Right. Okay. And that's different from anxiety, which is kind of like an overall general feeling, Right. Yeah, and I
2: kind of think of anxiety and worry as siblings. Like they're really closely, closely related. Um, but I find that people generally feel anxiety. Like there's a general worry. I, I feel anxious um, in general. That nervous feeling that we all feel, that unsettling. But then if I were to ask people, um, what are you worried about? Most people can list off an entire where they're like, and those things give me just general anxiety. I just worry about, you see, I worry about them. So they really can be used interchangeably. But again, anxiety tends to be an overarching catch all. And worry tends to be more about specific items.
1: Right. And sometimes we use our worry, I think, to control what we can't control, right? Like, if I worry, I do this a lot with my kids. I don't do this so much with coronavirus, but with my kids, when it comes to like, if I worry about them, it's like this badge of honor. I think we as moms specifically use a lot, right? Like I can't control how their life is going to turn out or what challenges they're going to face. But if I worry about it, then I'm being a good mom because I am doing something about it. And that's just
2: it. That's kind of the trick that worry plays is in really out of control times worrying can help us feel like we're preventing something or we're controlling something. And that's where it can be really hard to let go of our worries, because then it can feel like we're letting go and giving in to the things we're worrying about, that yeah. those things are going to happen. Like, it's a false sense of safety and security. And our brains believe that we're we're controlling something by worrying.
1: And talk to me a little bit more in depth about that. If I let go of my worries, first of all, what does that look like? How do I even do that? Because yeah, it does feel really like you have this tight, tight hold on the things that you want to pre- prevent from happening.
2: Right. Absolutely. And so if we think of worry, worry is a part of life. I, I really like the imagery of clouds passing in the sky, um, worry is going to happen to us all the time, but worry should dip in and dip out. So a cloud comes in, we're like, Oh, I'm worried about what if I get uh, exposed when I go to the grocery store? Okay. Valid worry. And then you let it go in the cloud passes on by, but if they start to get sticky, that's when it can become uh, excessive. And part of it is giving ourselves parameters that we have to recognize that it actually makes us feel worse that it actually can make us feel more anxious and that general unsettle. So I, right now, um, rather than suppress it, is to name the worries and to put them out there because sometimes we don't want to forget our worries. But if they're written and they're out, we know where the worries are. They're not going anywhere. But then we can be like, okay, I've written them out. I'm going to go on with my day for two hours. Or listening to a grounding meditation. I I really, I, I can't emphasize meditation enough even if it's three minutes, there are three minute meditations just to start building up those muscles. Um, or again, naming it with a friend that it, we're really lacking in connection right now. And that's really hard. And so if we have a friend that we can share our worries to, and they can validate it, and then say, now, go go to the grocery store and just get what you need to
1: get. Be mm-hmm. done. I like, I like that a lot. Like writing out your worries. I've also heard people talk about using the tactic of like, okay, I'm going to worry for like an hour and then I'm done. Sometimes I have a hard time like shutting it off though. It is. And
2: that's where what we want to do and what we feel like we want to do isn't necessarily what we should do. And I don't love shoulds, but sometimes our emotions worry is not going to guide you to not worry. Worry's is going to guide you to worry. And so you need to draw in other parts of yourself that are saying, Okay, I'm not gonna let worry lead this ship. I recognize I want to worry, that's what feels good and I need to choose to stop worrying right now because it's not helping me. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. Okay, Kristen Hodson is the founder of The Healing Group. It's a therapy center in Midvale. Kristen, uh, we're going to continue our conversation. Um, I have a worry about passing my worry and anxiety on to my kids. So here I am worrying about worry. But I I want to get your thoughts on... um, you know, in this time where a lot of us are anxious and worried, how we kind of help our kids not pick up on that. And maybe they will, but we'll talk about all that. But first, tell me really quickly what you guys are doing for mental health professionals through your therapy center.
2: Yeah, right now, we started to identify that frontline providers in hospitals and healthcare settings are really being exposed to medical conditions beyond what most of them have ever experienced, been trained for, or anticipated. We wanted to step in and provide free emotional support services during this time so that they have a place to share their, their worry, their anxiety, their what ifs, and not have the barrier of finances right now. Um, they can get all that information if they go to thehealinggroup.com. Registration is really easy. There's a variety of times throughout the week, and so that's where they can go.
1: I love that. So, if you're a healthcare worker, if you know a healthcare worker who needs some free therapy services, thehealinggroup.com can help you with that. We'll take a break more with Kristen when we come back on The Mom Show.
0: It's the toughest, most important job in the world for kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. <laughs> this is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
1: Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. You know, a lot of us are worried right now, a lot of us are anxious. We're living in an unprecedented time of uh, the coronavirus and what we're all dealing with in the economy and all the things that are kind of causing us worry and anxiety right now. Um, And one of the things that I have been worried about is passing some of this worry and fear and anxiety on to my kids. Like I often think about what I mean, I have a five-year-old right now. She's my oldest, my 15-month-old. I'm not too worried about what he's going to remember. But I'm I'm often worried about or thinking about what is my daughter going to remember from this time? Like when she – and at five years old, she might not remember a ton. But what is she going to remember about coronavirus and what it was like? And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just – telling her all the things she can't do like no don't hug grandma no you can't hug grandpa like sorry you you can't play with your friends today I'm so sorry you know so it's hard to kind of um, balance you know all those things that I'm ultimately trying to keep her safe but from a five-year-old perspective she doesn't really know that right now so joining me on the line Kristen Hodson she is a uh, the founder of a therapy center in Midvale called The Healing Group Kristen thanks for joining me Thanks for having me. Okay, so I I fully recognize that I'm worrying about my worry, but (laughs) what I want to know from you as a mental health professional is passing some of these anxieties on to our kids. How do you suggest I not do that? Right. Well,
2: one of the things we need to accept is that we will. Okay, As a therapist, I see it time and time again, and even as a therapist, I'm anticipating that my kids will need support around me as a parent, like, right. I just, like I've already got their therapy savings jar. So that, that I really want to normalize that because one of the things when we're going through situations like we're going through is pressure to do it well, to do it perfectly, to do it in a way that reduces or does no harm period to our children. And there's a few things I really like is we can really underestimate the resilience of children. We really underestimate their ability to be so adaptable and for them to, sure, they're not able to play with friends. It might be confusing that why they can't hug grandma. I'm hearing a lot of kids love the amount of time they're having with their parents, the amount of time they're getting to be outside. Um, And so I think we need to really counter some of this worrying or focusing on our faults with the resilience and the positive things that they're soaking in from this. Um, there are pieces of the experience that we just cannot, we cannot control, but we don't want to tee ourselves up to be a perfect parent during a time when there's no playbook. There, There's no one out there that's like, okay. I, I, and maybe, maybe, there's been someone on how to parent during a global pandemic.
1: <laughs> I haven't
2: seen that book yet. Right? But
1: maybe it'll be coming soon. Right. Um, so uh, we're all, we're all just doing the best we can. I think you should write it, Kristen. You'd make a lot of money. <laughs> but I love that point that kids are more resilient than we give them credit for. You know, yeah. Sometimes, a lot of times, I worry that any negative emotion that my child feels is damaging to her. Right. And I I sometimes overcorrect with protecting her from her emotions. And I I probably do need to step back and just recognize that this is one of those times where one, she, she might feel sad and disappointed about things and she's supposed to. And at the same time, she might also love that mom and dad are home all day, even though we ignore her for a lot of hours a day.
2: <laughs>
1: yep. And that's, that's just it is they're also having their own experience
2: They can feel grief. I know a lot of kids right now are grieving the loss of being able to be with their school teachers, their classmates, Um, kids of all ages. You have seniors that are not gonna get to graduate in a way that they have been looking forward to their whole life. And so Mm -hmm. we have to also realize that some of what they're gonna take away from this experience will have nothing to do with us. And if we can depersonalize some of their reactions of they are entitled to their own experience, their own reactions, Um, And that is often nothing to do with us at all. And the best things we can do is to support, to validate, to love, and to remember, we need to just get it right, like 30% of the time. And that's one of my most favorite statistics.
1: Oh, I love that statistic. 30%. That's it. I can do 30%. Right. Um, As parents, we oftentimes think we have to get it
2: 95% of the time and we will do well. And then. We have a really bad day and we're like, oh, I've just undone all the work that I've ever done and that's not true.
1: Okay. So here's another way in which my anxiety shows up uh, around my kids that sometimes I worry about, you know, sometimes my, before I've identified that I'm feeling anxious, I just get really agitated, like almost to the point where if you touch me, I will just recoil, like get off me, don't don't touch me. And with two little kids under five, that's not really possible. So I find myself, you know, being annoyed by them when they're touching me. But I think it's ultimately because I'm feeling anxious. And I just haven't really sat down to figure out why yet. And then I start to worry, you know, that um that my children will pick up on that or think they're the problem or, you know, stuff like that.
2: Right. And we, we have to give ourselves grace. Um, repair is another important relational principle that we can go to our kids and be like, I'm sorry, I got grumpy right there. That wasn't my intention. Um, oftentimes we can miss, we we don't identify anger or agitation as anxiety. And that is one of the ways that anxiety can show up. I really love the visual of if you have a rubber band, a rubber band can only stretch so far. If you put it on your thumbs and you stretch it out, it can only stretch so far before it snaps or you have to loosen it to get some more flex in it. Right now, with what we're going through, with boundaries obliterated, with routines totally out of whack, with us being on unstable territory, that rubber band is sitting at max capacity at times And any additional little thing, there's no room, and it can cause us to snap or to be tense because there's no give in it. So one of the things we need to remember is when we are feeling that agitation, that can be a clue that we need to take a break, that we need to get up and walk around, that we need to go get some water, that we need to do some self-care to get some flex back into our emotional tolerance because it's a real thing, and we're carrying that all the time
1: and even give like a number to it. I was listening to a a, a um Brené Brown podcast the other day where she talked about she talked about this in terms of your spouse like I'm at like 15%. How much are you uh, how much capacity do you have spouse? Okay, we have a deficit right now. We don't equal 100%. What are we going to do here? But I think the same thing applies, right? Like that rubber band is only at 20% how am I going to get to a hundred? How am I going to get it? So I have, you know, I can operate maybe on 50% capacity, but how am I going to get it there? What's my plan? What am I going to do to give it, get it to have some more give? Yes.
2: You have to, oftentimes we have to be invested in self care and intentional to get some more flex to our rubber band. So it can absorb the day to day, the, the little things when we have these reactions that we're like, that was an intense reaction to something that is just typical. That's a good clue. I also, as we're talking about worry, this is a time when I know a lot of people are not getting the the typical sleep that they are used to getting. Um, uh, Sleep is one of, I recently heard this, that sleep can truly solve all problems. And there was another statistic on a different podcast I was listening to that For every hour that we are not getting eight hours of sleep or that full load, we reduce our ability to emotionally cope by 25%. Oh, wow. That's not small. Yeah. So we can think about all the ways that we can mentally cope. We can do all these strategies. But if we are not sleeping, if we are not prioritizing sleep, developing sleep hygiene habits, and really investing into that we're in some ways fighting a losing battle.
1: That's really, really important. I know with kids that can be so hard. Uh, Yeah. And with new babies, I think of new moms. And
2: if they can shoot for a four hour chunk, eight hours as a new mom with a new baby is not realistic, but our brain can do really, a mom's brain is very resilient after she has a new baby. It's functioning in a different way. If you can get a four hour
1: chunk, that is one of the best things you can give to your brain. So important. Okay. Kristen Hodson, she is the founder of the healing group. It's a therapy center in midvale. Uh, Kristen, we'll take a break, but when we come back, we're going to do our last segment on what you are doing for healthcare workers when it comes to their mental health. We'll talk about that when we come back on the mom show.
0: Back inside the mom show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back into the Mop Show today. Thank you for joining us. You know, one of the groups of people that is really impacted by the coronavirus, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are impacted by it, but one of the groups that is impacted a lot is the healthcare workers. They are on the front lines, working in hospitals, working in doctor's offices, taking care of people who have a highly contagious Disease right now, and I can't even imagine what it's like going to work in a hospital every single day, where the the germs are increased tenfold just because that's where sick people go. But let alone during a global pandemic. And so I have on the line with me Kristen Hodson. She's the founder of a therapy center in Midvale called the Healing Group. And uh, Kristen, you guys are actually giving free healthcare services to uh healthcare workers, free mental health services, and I love that. I want you to talk to me about first and foremost what you're hearing from those healthcare workers about what they're struggling with.
2: Yeah, we started listening and watching in our own communities, different healthcare workers that were expressing worry and what-ifs about what if I'm not able to help the people that I'm treating? What if I don't have the equipment I need to protect myself, which is a very real and valid concern. Um, what if I get COVID nineteen and expose my family? Uh, what if my hospital gets so busy that I'm not able to do it all? Um, and and I think a lot of healthcare workers are experiencing this conflict of I feel like this is my calling to be in the hospital, and I also feel um, called to be in my home. And I don't I don't know how to navigate that. So they're also just fatigued and sad and lonely. Um, the healing group was founded by therapists that also worked in the ER as crisis workers. So we were among healthcare workers, we collaborated with them. And we understand the unique challenges that a hospital can present, um, especially during unprecedented times like these.
1: Yeah, and you know, I almost feel guilty for the level of privilege I have that I don't have to worry about those things. Right. Cause I'm able to stay home. I, I, I may, I don't even have to go to my office every single day, right. Where there are germs as well. And so just to think about these healthcare workers that are on the front lines is like heart wrenching for me and just hearing all the, the struggles that they're dealing with during this time. So, um, talk to me about the, the free therapy that you want to offer to them.
2: Yeah, we really wanted it to be easy and without barriers. One of the barriers that can happen right now is cost. That can be a financial barrier, not wanting to invest in therapy. And this really is to relieve symptoms. This isn't about going into depth about your childhood or what your home was like growing up. It's really symptom management and something where you could, um, we even have sessions at a time when we know a lot of Providers are going to hospitals at 7 a.m. and they're on the road at 6.30 and we have sessions at 6 a.m. and 6.30 and if they wanted to call on their way in to work and just do some um, emotional consultation for that, we really are trying to make this easy, accessible and really supportive to them.
1: Wow, that's so amazing that you guys just thought through all of those things, like what would fit into their schedule and what are their needs right now. So this is, explain the process to me about how someone takes advantage of this.
2: All they need to do is go to thehealinggroup.com. They will see a link right there on our homepage. Um, We've made registration really simple, so they're not going to have to fill out a lot of intake paperwork, which can be another barrier. Again, we just want this to be a stress-free supportive experience. So it's very simple. They go to the website, they get registered, they choose their time, and that's it. They can do video chat or phone chat, whichever feels best to them.
1: And yeah, no insurance, no credit card information, no nothing like that. Just sign up.
2: That's right. That's We're not having to do any anything again, all of these steps that could make you be like, "Oh, if I go and sign up for this, I'm going to have five other steps that I don't want to deal with right now." You don't have to do any of that.
1: That is so great. Okay, so if you are a healthcare worker, or if you know a healthcare worker dealing with the added stress of being a healthcare worker during a global pandemic, thehealinggroup.com is where you should go. Kristen Hodson is the founder of the Healing Group. Kristen. You're doing amazing work. Thank you for joining me today.
2: Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I always
1: just love your show and what you do. Ditto. I appreciate you. We'll be back next week on The Mom Show.